If you're an entrepreneur who has started their own business and are listening to this episode, you will know that probably your vision at the beginning of your journey was just to make month end. If you could pay the rent and salaries, you've done really, really well. And for many, many months, perhaps even years, that has been your vision, is to make month end. Your lofty vision on the day before that you started your business was soon crushed into pulp by reality and the practicalities of actually running a business and finding out that everything that you had written down and uh, made notes of and were planning actually didn't happen that way in reality. For some of you, this is happening right now. Does this sound familiar or ring true for you? Hi, I'm Gareth Armstrong and you're listening to a Razor's Edge podcast. This series is about small business leadership. And the main difference between small business leadership and other forms of leadership is the fact that small businesses grow rapidly. And as this growth occurs, context changes rapidly. And as context changes rapidly, your leadership style needs to change too. In episode three, we looked at leading self. And one might think that naturally the next episode, this one, would be about leading others. But Alon shares that he has found that before we can lead others, we need to be very clear about the path we are leading others along. And so this episode is all about leading strategy. The discussion is divided into two main parts, defining clearly what strategy is, and then the practical application of what we discuss. Let's talk about the place that you want to go, which is the vision. In my experience, many entrepreneurs have got a very big vision when they start. They uh, you know, speak about world dominance and being in 20 countries, and they fantasize about having their business represented in places they haven't even dreamed of. Then reality hits, and as I've said before, the vision now becomes just getting through month end. And very seldom do entrepreneurs stand up again and look at their previous vision. Now it all becomes about the very short term. There's a professor, Mark Lipton, who speaks about the fact that entrepreneurs who have a bad relationship with their vision tend to work more in their business, not on their business. Those entrepreneurs that have a strong relationship with their vision, have it in front of them, so to speak, on a daily basis, tend to work more on their business than in their business. Now that makes a lot of sense to me because if I can see my vision every single day in front of me, either in a visual format, a pictorial format, written format, then I can see the dissonance of where I am to where I want to be. And so that inspires me and encourages me to close the gap that uh, is presented between the vision and where I am. A great example of this is uh, actually the wild card in a competition that we recently held called Pitch and Polish, uh, which I'm sure you can also find on the RaceCorp website or certainly on the pitchandpolish.com website. And uh, the wild card was a business called Urban Mobility. And this entrepreneur had done something absolutely phenomenal. He had built a scale model of the business he was trying to produce or to create and had put that at the front of his shop. 
So every morning when he arrived at work, he had to walk past the vision to his office. That has got to be incredibly provocative to uh, an entrepreneur with his salt in order to try and ensure that they create that vision that's right. In, not just in their vision, but in the public eye as well, where everyone can see what uh, he's trying to achieve. Now let's move to the next part, which is the strategy. The strategy is the comprehensive plan of how we're going to get from where we are right now to that vision, to where we want to be. Where we want to be might be broken up into a one-year, five-year, ten-year vision, and then I have to work out what is the most effective path to get to where I want to be in the next year. And I have to consider all the resources that I have. Do I have funding? Do I have the headcount? Do I have the market? Do I have the technology? Whatever the case may be, do I have everything I need in order to get to where I want to be in the next year? So strategies are complex and comprehensive if they are going to be done properly. I love the example that Alon has shared here. Do you have a vision that isn't just clear but tangible as well? Do you have a comprehensive plan to achieve this vision? How detailed is it? That level of detail is going to be challenged later on in this episode when we start talking practicalities. But before that though, Alon has seen a mistake that entrepreneurial leaders make time and time again. Most entrepreneurs make the mistake of actually confusing strategy with vision. They will make the statement that my strategy is to be in five countries by the end of the year. That is not a strategy. That is a vision. That is an endpoint. I want to be in five countries by the end of the year. So now they're calling that strategy and saying that that is the strategy when in fact it is the vision. When I'm in vision state, the question is, why five countries? In vision state, not strategy. In vision state, it's why five countries? Why not 10? Why not two? Which five countries? Why have I chosen them? And why expand at all? Why, why, and why? And asking the five whys. So the rigor of the why is at the vision. And that why strongly correlates to the purpose of the business. And if you don't understand the purpose of the business, then your why becomes very difficult to answer in terms of the vision. Strategy is the how. So once I've gone through the rigor of being very clear that the vision is solid, that the why has been thought through properly, the next thing is around the how. The problem with most entrepreneurs is that they choose the path of least resistance from A to Z, A being where they are now and Z being the vision. And they choose what seems to be the most logical and easiest and efficient way to get from A to Z. I've spoken in previous podcasts about the concept of brutal truth and very often the fact that we are actually not where we say we are. We think we're at A, but we are actually somewhere else. And so the strategy is completely incorrect because the path from A to Z is very different from a more realistic B to Z reality. But let's not go into that now. We've dealt with that in other podcasts. 
All right. So how does this come together with the topic of this podcast, leading strategy? Let's tie this back to leadership. The one thing that we always look for in our leaders is we look for the fact that they are certain, that they are confident, that they are clear, and that they are very, very quick to lead us in a place of uncertainty. When something happens, that their response time is quite short, and so we feel confident that they know what they're doing. If you have not thought through your strategy, if you have not thought through the possibilities of what could go wrong, if you don't have plan B and plan C already pre-scripted in your mind in anticipation of things that could possibly go wrong, then in those moments where they do go wrong, and they always do, then there's this massive delay between hitting that obstacle and then self-correcting. And that decreases the confidence in you as leader. And let's relate that back to the entrepreneurial leader label. By definition, an entrepreneurial leader lives in a far more turbulent and unpredictable environment than a corporate leader. A corporate leader has got years and years of trends, huge amount of stability and depth in that organization. And yes, they are also exposed to environmental changes, but they, like a big ship in the sea, do not feel every single little ripple that happens in the sea or a little wave that hits the ship. Whereas you in your dinghy sailing across the same sea feel a very different relationship with the environment and have to be far more responsive to that environment. And so your level of thinking, ironically, has to be a lot more granular than that of a CEO of a large organization. And I've often heard friends of mine who are CEOs of large organizations who have previously been in smaller organizations make the statement that it's much easier to run a big business than it is a small business. But the mere fact that you're dealing with far less granular detail when it comes to the day-to-day -day running of that business. Are you confident in your decision-making processes? Does your team turn to you during times of uncertainty? Have you considered the various scenarios at play in your particular business and business context? Do you have a plan B, C and even D thought through? Are you responsive to changes in your environment or do you just go on in spite of them, often almost capsizing? If your answer to any of these questions is anything other than a solid yes, then Alon is suggesting that we are going to struggle to lead in a way that allows our businesses to grow at the rate that they could. I love the questions that come out of Alon's comments and insights. If we place them on a list and really put the time and effort into answering them, our businesses can only be the better for it. Here are a few final words from Alon that round off this discussion. If you want to lead a small business, you have to understand that the gravity of the operational environment will keep pulling your head down and making yourself operational and super tactical and not strategic. That, but that means that you will be less evolved as a strategist because your head's looking too down and not forward enough. If you know that, then first of all, once you've built the skill 
of scenario planning. You've built the resource base around you that gives you different perspectives. Be very, very deliberate about lifting your head and giving yourself strategic time. Here's the practical example. If I'm in an environment with lots of fires, then doing fire drills is part of how I would be thinking. If I anticipate that in a year there might be a fire, I need to know the moment that fire alarm goes off as a leader to say the fire alarm has gone off, this is what I've got to do. I have to first of all go to every single office and check that. Number two, I have to make sure this happens. Number three, I have to make sure that happens. And so in the moment that that fire is happening, which is the anticipated thing that could go wrong, I'm very quick to respond and know what to do. And so I look like a hero because I saved people's lives because I made very quick decisions at the time. The truth is I anticipated that and those were pre-thought through decisions so that I am now making sure that I'm a better leader in those crises that are anticipated on the way. In an entrepreneurial environment, the things that can go wrong are exponentially higher than other environments. It's far more fluid. And therefore, you are required, ironically, as an entrepreneurial leader, to think more about more scenarios, more things that can go wrong than somebody running a corporate environment. If you are better at strategic thinking and anticipating scenarios, then when those events do happen, where your leadership is required, the quality of your decision-making and the speed at which you are responding to your team is greater. The equation is to be a strong entrepreneurial leader, be a better strategist. They are completely linked. Head over to racecorp.com where you'll find similar resources and also the opportunity to sign up for updates and notifications of new releases there. In addition to this, follow RaceCorp on your favorite social media platforms where you'll find similar updates on when the next podcast in this series is released. My name is Gareth Armstrong and I'll see you in the next episode.